Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Everybody in the NFL fight too much, like Anthony Mason. It was scrapping Sunday around the league. Who was the most out of pocket? And tell you what, the Eagles were out of pocket for how they did the Broncos. Should the Eagles, should they now be the Super Bowl favorite? Uh, plus, Jameis Winston is being shelled for a few weeks because of a shoulder injury. But should the Bucs consider shutting him down for good? All right, welcome to welcome America to the best 60 minutes of your day. We've got a massive helping of sports. So relax and grab a plate. We'll serve up the latest Heisman Trophy eyes, which took a bit of a shift after an incredible college football weekend. But first, let's start with the big news out of Tampa. You can see this coming. The moment Alex Okafor landed on him and Dirk Cutter sat him on the bench for the second half that Jameis Winston would land on the shelf. The Bucks have shut him down to rest the injured right shoulder. Winston originally hurt three weeks ago against the Cardinals. Cutter said it wasn't a structural issue. They're just doing the smart thing, sitting Winston for at least two weeks. Winston hasn't missed a game in the NFL. The two and six Bucks will turn to Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, as of now, will not have Mike Evans to whom to throw Sunday against the Jets. Earlier today, Evans was suspended without pay for one game for violations of unsportsmanlike conduct and unnecessary roughness rules in the third quarter of Sunday's game against the Saints. VP of Football Ops John Runyon suspended Evans who will appeal before Derek Brooks or James Thrash. Meanwhile, uh, A.J. Green will not be suspended for fighting with Jalen Ramsey. However, both players who were ejected will face potential fines for their role in the fight. The minimum fine for fighting first offense is $30,387. Perhaps worth noting is that Green has no prior history of on-field incidents and never had a personal foul before Sunday's game against the Jaguars. Chris Mortensen, why was Evans suspended and not A.J. Green, Jalen Ramsey, or for that matter, anyone from the Cardinals-Niners scuffle? Well, there were, uh, one word is ejections. The players who were ejected in those games, the philosophy in the past, at least, has been if you've been ejected, that sort of serves like your suspension and you'll have a fine coming. So that's certainly a factor into this. And your personal history, you just mentioned A.J. Green, hasn't even had a personal foul in this league, which, you know, something's wrong with him. He hasn't. <laughs> right. But, you know, in, in the letter that John Runyon, the vice president of football operations, wrote uh, to Mike Evans when he notified him of the suspension, he note, said you, an unsuspecting uh, opponent. In other words, like, he didn't see it coming. Ladmore didn't right. see him coming. And it was, as you know, at full speed. And in the Jalen Ramsey... Uh, A.J. Green case, Ramsey is a known agitator, and that wasn't the only time he had, he had shoved A.J. There was another incident earlier in the game where he had shoved him. So I think that, that was probably where we're going. But the fact is, A.J. was ejected, right. uh, and, and, and Evans was not. And you mentioned how much. It, it'll actually be a game check for Evans, which yeah. is about $40,000. By the way, next year, he's in the fifth-year option. Next year, it would have cost him like $750,000. And reportedly, Jalen Ramsey went looking for A.J. Green. It, it didn't stop there on the field. But chances that Evans appeals are wins on appeal? I, well, I can't eat a zero, but... <laughs> gotcha. Zero. Gotcha, gotcha, where's, gotcha. Where's Jameis when I yeah, need him? Right. Uh, gotcha, you 100%. Think, you think this probably would have turned out differently, maybe for Evans, had he been ejected? Maybe. Maybe. I, I will say this. I, I kind of raised that issue, like, you know, but they said, they noted, hey, Marshawn Lynch, he was ejected from the Raiders and game still and still got suspended, suspended, but that was putting his hands on an official. Right. Right. So, uh, barring a miraculous turnaround under Ryan Fitzpatrick, 
Would it be wise to sit Jameis Winston the rest of the way, especially given how things have played out with Cam Newton last year into the offseason, right. Andrew Luck right now? In other words, do you see this extending beyond just a couple of weeks for Jameis Winston? I think you have to I, – I always say you have to trust the doctors. Yeah. I mean, for the most part. I mean, and, and an independent orthopedic specialist certainly should tell you, hey, this is wise, this is not wise. And then, of course, the organization, organization as noted, yes, has a big – picture decision to make on Jameis. So I think they're, they're, they're what, two and two and six, six right now. Six right now. Yeah. And uh, I would say that if he's healthy going down the last three or four games, no, I think he should play. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, though, the Bucks, so they didn't take that step forward that everybody thought that they would oh, take, no. and neither did Jameis Winston, him in particular. Could you see a scenario where the bottom just totally falls out on this season? The, the Glazer family that owns the Buccaneers fired Tony Dungy abruptly, after several years, I, know, I realized Tony didn't make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But it was still kind of a stunner when he got fired because mm-hmm. of his success. John Gruden, who won a Super Bowl, abruptly got fired three weeks after the season had ended. Raheem Morris had the job for two years. Uh, Lovey Smith had the job for one year. If people aren't showing up in the stands, this is a family that has shown, we will fire you. And I think Dirk Cutter is... A big boy and understands the dynamics yeah. that could be in play here, but we have he no. Just, inf- he got it abruptly when Lovey got it. We let have go. no. Yeah, we have no information that that's happening, but sure, that's their history. At minimum, he goes into the off season or next season on the hot seat if he I, I, were to finish I, I, out this year. I, I just, I just know he's got the rest of this season to, to try and finish. Right, speaking of the hot seat, let's uh, talk about the hot situation in New York. Uh, more on how good the Rams are later, uh, but. First, let's address how historically bad the Giants were yesterday. Eli Manning lost a fumble and threw an interception in the same game for the 27th time in his career, most of any player since he entered the NFL in 2004. Now, after the game, Ben McAdoo said the 1-7 Giants would now be looking to get younger players some reps. And he did not rule out quarterback. Now, Eli has started 207 straight games, only trails his brother. In that regard, uh, will he get to 208? Well, here's what McAdoo had to say about that today. Uh, Eli, he's our quarterback. That doesn't mean at some point in time we won't throw another guy in to get a look at. Okay, now Eli told WFAN today, that's not in my thought process right now. I'm thinking about getting ready to go play this game. That's the only thing I'm thinking about until I'm told differently. Lord, has it really come to this? Eli Manning's not getting benched as a starter. Thank you. Thank okay. you. <laughs> now, if they get in a game like they did yesterday, I think what Ben McAdoo is trying to say, maybe I will get Geno Smith or the younger Davis Webb in there, who was a third-round pick this year. But you, know, you got a guy who's lined up for you every week you know, for 208, 207 games. Yeah. He's your starter. And, you know, with the offensive line, you know, they had two more offensive line starters out. We know what the receivers are. Seven or eight drops. Eli's still yeah. not hey, – Eli's still – obviously, he can play better. Yeah. But Eli Manning getting benched as a starter – I would, I would, I would head my, hedge your bet. Put simply, he's a made Manning, okay? And you're definitely not going to sit him when he's a game short of tying Peyton Manning's consecutive well, streak. You're not going to do it this week if at all. No, it's just not going to happen. But if they get in these ugly games, which, by the yeah. way, they, they, it's trending that way, yeah, maybe in the fourth quarter you say, let's go take a look at that. Well, but, you, but how much do you glean from that? You know, I, I look at Ben McAdoo and I see a guy who can't remember what he told the team at halftime, so I'm certainly not taking him seriously <laughs> when he says that includes the quarterback. Does that look like a guy with a plan? No. No, you know, so who is he preparing him for? Well, well that's the you're preparing for the next regime? <laughs> it's not like they have their quarterback, a quarterback of the future on their, ro- on their roster. This is not a Jimmy Garoppolo situation, even though I think Davis, uh, he was a third-round third pick, pick yeah. right? So I get that. So it makes no sense at all to bench Eli Manning. And, look, he has been problematic, but he's not the only problem sure. the Giants have had. No Odell, 
bad offensive line, some defensive issues. Like, there's a lot going on with the running game. And if if you bench Eli Manning, then you're definitely shipping him out of there in the Mm -hmm. offseason because the only way to actually develop a guy is not to put him in in garbage time, but to get him reps during the week. Eli's not giving up reps during the week. And if you bench him, then you're trading him if he he agrees to a trade in the offseason. The discussion we will end up having in the offseason, I'm sure, just because it's natural, is that if they finish in the, say, picking in the top five, somebody will discuss whether or not they would take a quarterback even though Eli would remain the starter. It happened in Green Bay, as we know, with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and there are other, other examples of it as well. All right, Chris Morton, so we appreciate it. Monday is with Mort. I like the sound <laughs> of that. <laughs> when it comes to Monday nights, the Packers have gone from Brett to Aaron back to Brett. Brett Hundley will be the first QB to start for the Packers on Monday Night Football, other than Rodgers or Favre since 1986. In about two and a half hours or so, the Lions will look to end a three-game losing streak in a place they haven't won often since 92. Packers are 25-1 against the Lions of Wisconsin, including a playoff win in 94. Lions only win in that span November 15, 2015. Matt Stafford, who is 4-12 in prime time, looking just to get it in the end zone this week. The Lions had 482 yards but went 0-5 in the red zone and scored no touchdowns against the Steelers last Sunday. So Lisa Salters. Back to the Packers. How has Brett Hundley gone about making sure he gives the Packers more than 87 passing yards in relief of Rodgers? Hey, Michael, Jamel, I got a chance to meet Brett Hundley for the first time yesterday, and I could tell that he is a guy who is eager to prove that he can be a better quarterback than the numbers and results he's put up so far. In seven quarters of relief for Aaron Rodgers, he's thrown just one touchdown and has four picks. But Hundley seemed very confident, and his coaches and teammates, they seem confident in him. The Packers are coming off of their bye week, which means Mike McCarthy got some much-needed extra time to prepare his third-year backup and will likely open up more of the playbook for him tonight. Most players left town during the bye. Hundley spent a lot of it here in Green Bay, and Hundley also had the added benefit this week of being around Aaron Rodgers, who, after having surgery to repair that broken right collarbone, is now back in Green Bay and is choosing to rehab here so that he can help Hundley prepare. But again, Hundley seems to be an extremely confident guy. He told me it's hard to replace a Hall of Fame quarterback, but I've been preparing for this for three years, he said. I'm ready to play. Where are all those people who said the Rams and Eagles were crazy for trading up for QBs back in 2016? No franchise QBs in this draft. Oh, and those people who said that Sean McVay was too young to be a head coach? Oh, yeah, they real quiet now after Goff and Wentz led their teams to more statement wins Sunday by each throwing for four touchdowns on 15 or fewer completions. Both the Eagles and Rams put up 51 Sunday. Philly scored so much they ran out of fireworks at the link. The Eagles have the league's best record at 8-1, but the Rams have the highest point differential at plus 108 with Philly's second. Put it to you like this, Janelle. Are the 6-2 Rams the Eagles equal, or are they just really good at beating up on bad teams such as the Giants? Well, you say that like it's an insult. No, because that's what good teams do. That is what good teams do. They beat the teams they should. They do, and they beat them soundly and convincingly. Look, I think the Rams are just as good as the Eagles. Um, Look, the Rams, one thing I love about them besides the fact that their quarterback is flourishing, the offense is flourishing, the last five weeks allowed the eighth fewest yards per play. Okay, that defense, I think, uh, is something special, has the potential to be something special. You know, I love that detail. Yeah, I know. Best looking guy in the league, right? (laughs) So I I think there's just so much there that are good with the Rams and to see them getting better from week to week, which is which is hard to do. And look, as you said, they're beating the really 
the really bad teams and beating them well, but they also have beat some good teams. The Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, I know that was more of a shootout, but still, the, Cowboys, the Cowboys look pretty good, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about them in a, in a beat minute. Beat Washington. Beat Washington. Right. So, beat the Jaguars. Yeah, so they have beaten some good teams. They have a good resume. Not saying Philly doesn't, but I think they're just as good as the Eagles. No, they're not just as good as the Eagles. They're, they're good, mm-hmm. and they're a really good story and a really good team, and they're building something special for the long term with that coach and that quarterback and a special running back. But I still take the Eagles defense. I take the people that the quarterback has to throw to. I take the quarterback on the Eagles. I take the collection of running backs. They got Gurley. Yeah. But now you throw in Jay Ajayi. Smallwood can't get any burn. Right. Corey Clement. LeGarrette <laughs> <laughs> Blunt. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they got they have everything. They can beat you in so many different ways. And look what they did against what was supposedly, supposedly the best defense in the NFL. Yeah. They scored three rushing touchdowns. We ain't given up a rushing score all year. Meanwhile, the Rams took advantage of a team that's just coming apart in New York. Yeah. With I, all due respect, they did what they were supposed to do. No, I didn't say the wins necessarily, but the statement wins that they had Sunday were necessarily equal because, as you mentioned, the Giants seem to be giving up and, and, and falling apart. But I do think just looking at the body of work that they've had this season, and as I said, how they've improved week to week, they do have good wins there on the resume. I just I, I think that they are just as good as the Eagles, even though, hey, I, I'll be the first to admit the Eagles with the versatility in which they can win. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And certainly when you look at Carson Wentz's stats on third down and against the Blitz. Let me correct myself. They actually lost to Washington. I don't know why I thought they, they beat Washington. They lost to Washington 27-20. to 20. Oh, the Rams you're did. correct. The Rams, the Rams did. Did. But yep. still, to, uh, give them yeah. credit. Give credit where it's due. They have had some quality wins. Right. But I would still take the Eagles the totality of their body of work and that team and how complete it is over the Rams right now. Makes sense. Speaking of complete teams, the Cowboys might have had their most impressive win of the year over the Chiefs yesterday. If you wondered if the Cowboys could win without Ezekiel Elliott running wild, they proved that they could. Elliott rushed for an effective 93 yards and a touchdown. But Dak Prescott, he was the one who was really problematic for the Chiefs. Prescott passed for 249 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Also had a rushing TD. And the Cowboys' performance was so impressive that Chiefs linebacker Tom Baalese said the Cowboys, not the aforementioned Eagles, are the best team in the NFL. So, uh, is did, he right? Did he say that because the Cowboys beat the Chiefs and it was just like fresh on his mind and he was like, hey, you know what? Considering I'm what giving, they just did to us, yeah, let, me I'm, I'm, let, me, let me give them and credit. Did, and, he, and you know him. I, I don't think that he's someone who's just prone to hyperbole. I think he meant it, given that they've also seen the Eagles this year right. as well. So he has the comparative example. I, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet and say that they're better than the two teams that we just talked about. But they're, I think at least they're at least kind of in the same group. I'll, say, you I'll tell you what the Cowboys are, especially the last three games when they've been rolling. And, and saying they're the best team, obviously, is completely dependent on the, whether their team remains whole. Ezekiel Elliott's got another hearing on Thursday. We're doing this weekly dance about whether or not he's eligible and not facing that six-game suspension effective immediately. But let's just pretend that they're whole and Des Bryant's ankle's not that bad. They're more than just an offensive line in a running game that's protecting a quarterback. That quarterback makes as many plays as anybody. He he gets a bad rap as it relates to, you know, people don't call him a game manager because I think people have wised up. But I think people have wised up to realize a game manager is not a negative thing. That's that's the the number one job of the quarterback is to manage the game. But they insinuate that he doesn't have to do as much. But the plays that he's making, both with his arms and his legs, he's as valuable as any quarterback. Not anybody can keep that train rolling the way that he does. And that defense, as a Rod Marinelli you know, Tampa 2, Tony Dungy type of cultural defense will do is going to run to the football at all times. And Sean Lee is an amazing player. And so they're, they're more complete than I think they're giving credit for. Again, like the Rams, as good as Philly, no. But certainly it's going to be a factor down the stretch. Look, I, I know the Chiefs have their own issues. Mm-hmm. 
But that's a really good Chiefs team that they shut down, both running the football and with the exception of that amazing what, what do you call it? Not a Hail Mary. What, what, we gonna call, what do you gonna call that play to Tyreek yeah, Hill? I, I don't, I don't Hail know. Hail Mary, what, I think it is. is <laughs> I don't know what yesterday. would be the appropriate That amazing time. Hail Mary. I mean, the, the Chiefs' offense, got, they picked off Alex Smith for the first time this mm-hmm. year. You take your head off to the Cowboys. No, I think you, you, you certainly have to. They, they have a, what I call a defense that just takes advantage of the things that they've, they've been given. And I thought it was a good. I hate to say the word statement game because Dak Prescott doesn't need to make any statements. But as you said, like more often than not, people act as if anybody could do what he could do. And while Ezekiel Elliott, as I mentioned, he was effective, he only averaged like 3.4 yards per carry. Just the carries. It's the number of carries. You carrying it 27 times, you're probably winning. And that that in itself is eating up the clock and and obviously helping out the offense. But the star of their offense on, on Sunday was definitely Dak Prescott. Baker Mayfield's 598 yards, six touchdown performance against Oklahoma State Saturday makes him your current Heisman favorite at four to seven, with Saquon Barkley not too far behind at three to two. Uh, Mayfield's record-setting performance came on the same day that JT Barrett, Bryce Love, and Barkley all lost and/or performed poorly. Uh, Mayfield aiming to join Herschel Walker as just the second player since the 40s to finish in the top four of the Heisman voting three times, but he wants the whole thing. All right, Jamel, so that's the Heisman picture. As for the bigger picture, was the Sooners winning Bedlam the biggest win of Week 10? You already know what I'm going to say. I don't, I don't think you're predictable. Right, let me, let, let me just believe. remind you mm. of how you just chuckled and laughed and giggled when I said that Michigan State that's would be – giggle. <laughs> when Michigan State – when I said Michigan State would be Penn State. That was you, I didn't right? Laugh. Yeah, you I didn't did. laugh. No, you I didn't. Me a no, I didn't. Yes, you you did. be, no, I didn't. You called me a homer. You laughed. You giggled. You and Jesse – what? I didn't question your logic. Your logic was undeniable. I questioned your objectivity. Mike, Why would I ever do that? Why would you think you look? I'm fair and I'm objective when it comes to Michigan State. Why? Why would this be a surprise? Again, Mark D'Antonio, as I reminded you on Friday, 25 and 10 in November. Okay, pretty decent against top 10 teams at home. James Franklin has never won on the road against a ranked opponent. All right, so there was a lot of reasons, like really good reasons, why mm-hmm. I would pick them. But because I'm fair and objective. Wait, hold on. What? Are you done? Because I got something for you. I brought something for you. See this? It's a broken it? clock. Like you, <laughs> right twice a day. Okay. Well, you ought to so know. There you go. That's for you. That's, That's for me. you. I need you to bring that same energy though when they lose to Northwestern. I need you, that's what I need you to do. Because it's just weird how okay, when they win, you come in here all fired up. But when they here's lose, the you ain't got nothing to say. Had you quiet you as a me, what? had we discussed Michigan State and Northwestern that week, I would have called the upset. Oh, as in North, no, I would okay. have. All Northwestern's right. so always. Call, so call it for Columbus. Call it right now. They went in oh, Columbus? Yeah, we're going to win in Columbus. Oh, you better not lose to a team that lost, that gave up 55 to Iowa. <laughs> no, we're going Don't to come win. in here quiet as a hooker in church. <laughs> come next week if y'all lose to Ohio State. Okay, I'm just I saying. I'll tell you what. I'll get you a Big Ten Championship shirt when we go to <laughs> okay. Indianapolis. How about all right, that? All right. but because so I am, biggest... No, because I'm fair and objective. Okay, all right. You just brought them up. Ohio State. Iowa, to me, had the biggest win of the college Even football Even though the week. Big Ten in general is probably oh, hurt when it comes totally to the playoff picture. Totally took a loss because yeah. uh, Wisconsin is now kind of their only hopes. And even with right. that, I question whether or not they can still get right. in. Barry Alvarez like, nah, undefeated Power 5, nah, It's not in, that simple when you. your schedule looks the way it does. Nah, and more than likely, yeah. you're going to play a two-loss team probably in, uh, in the conference championship. So, this yeah. State, right. They will play. <laughs> exactly. And clearly, we're not headed right. to the playoffs, right. although having a good right. season. Right. But, yeah, I mean, for, for Iowa to be a 20-and-a-half point underdog yeah. and to win this game, and not just win the game, they blew them out. Absolutely. That was, to me, the most impressive win I saw all week. So, I, I should, okay, since we're going back to last week and upset picks going wrong, and congratulations, all jokes aside, I should pick Clemson since I had NC State mm-hmm. winning at home, and Clemson went out there and, 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 and survived a close win and beat another ranked team. And, again, their only loss comes when Kelly Bryant is concussed. 
But I'm going to stay in the ACC, though, and go with the U. All right? Ooh, I'm, I'm okay. going to go with the U because the, the narrative – there you go. There's that word. The narrative about Miami was, look at all these close wins. Look at all – have they beaten anybody good yet? Now they go out and get the, you know, necessary statement win against Virginia Tech, and, and they were convincing in it. And they got four turnovers. So we got four helpers in the turnover chain. We got <laughs> cutaways to J-Lo and Alex Rodriguez in the booth. The U is back. Hard Rock Stadium was lit. And – Notre Dame this week. Oh, Notre Dame. Which is basically a playoff elimination game. I I know. I'm not going to do it yet. I'm not going to do it yet. But by the end of the week, I may pick them to beat Notre Dame at the crib. Just for old time's sake. For old time. I may. Not yet. It's Monday. It's too early for me to make an official pick. But I'm in the moment, and I can see them knocking off the Irish this weekend. So I'm going to go with Miami as the biggest win. They they were 10th in the initial playoff rankings behind six one-loss teams. Earned a hell of a lot of respect. Oh, and respect to UAB. Yes. Back, yes, back bowl eligible mm-hmm. when two years ago they didn't so much as have a team there shut down football. So. All right. Let's uh, move on to the NFL. So the NFL is suspending Tampa wide receiver Mike Evans. One game for his cheap shot on Saints defender Marcus Lattimore, which means Evans will miss this Sunday's game against the Jets. Now, if I'm Mike Evans, I'm hitting up that man, Jameis Winston, to cover my game check because none Damn. of this would have happened had his quarterback not channeled his inner third grader he still ain't had to hit him. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. Uh, now, not suspended, however, is A.J. Green, who put Jalen Ramsey in a chokehold before taking, Jody. taking him down. Oh, Jody. Also, That's right, call for your mama. Also, no one involved <laughs> in the 49ers-Cardinals game. No one could argue uh, forcing the 49ers you know, to play out the season is sufficient punishment. I stayed off you because of respect for that <laughs> woman. <laughs> You want, some, you want some from the stove? Hey, AJ Greenwich, full Melvin on him. That boy Jody Lips was white, boy. He was getting choked out. That's right, go for your money. <laughs> Which wide out was more out of pocket, though? Mike Evans? Mike Evans. Yeah, Mike Evans. Sure. You shot out of a cannon. But you know what, though? I also agree with Jamel, though. It's Jameis' fault. It and no, is, matter, and no matter what we say, like, we can't take – you can't take the responsibility right. off of Mike Evans. Yeah, we're not you know, letting him right, off the hook. We're not letting yeah, you off yeah. the hook. But if Jameis Winston does what a quarterback who's terrible mm-hmm. on a terrible team who is hurt is supposed to be doing, we don't have this issue. Mm-hmm. All Mike Evans sees is that Lattimore pushes him. No, that's totally Bush League. Right. You don't run up on a dude like he that. You just run up on him. I mean, he that went from zero to run up. Oh, no, all the way. All the way. That was, that was all the way Ray Lewis Cause our, cause on a slant route. I didn't see that. It, I mean, I'm reading it. I didn't see that it's strictly just I'm protecting my quarterback. I saw that as general frustration. Right. You're losing yet again, and you got an opportunity to take out somebody that's made your life difficult and made that Saints defense that much better. You know, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go that far with it because, like, I don't really know if, no. that, if, that, if that plays into it, you know. But I do know that if we outside and, and my homeboy about to get into it, right. that's how it looks. Right. And it looks like, to me, that's where Mike Evans went with it. But you got to understand, too, like, this is your job. And part of your job is to be on the field. And you put yourself now in a position that you're going to miss a game for Jameis Winston yeah. right. when you need to control your own actions. And so the A.J. Green thing was, was different to now me. See, that to me was frustrating. He just ran out of what's over. to give. That's yeah, what that was, exactly. He was, right. he was, he was he frustrated. He had zero. Yeah. He, he gave zero at that time. Hey. He was like, you know what, man? Jalen Ramsey has a reputation no. for agitating people right. in those situations. But I think it's just generally the situation his team is in yep. and how their season is going. So to me, that seemed to be that. Because a chokehold? Like, I agree I mean, with that. He, he did with that real He did with that GSP, too. That's how George St. Pierre choked out Michael Bisping this weekend. It looked exactly I'm about to say, they all watching Deontay Wilder. Like, let's 
just hey, just threw these hands. Hey, that boy had his hands down on his side though. But with AJ Green no though, come on man, you can't throw you can't throw hands though. That's where you make your your, your money. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> you but gotta, I think that, that, that goes to what Jamel saying yeah, though. It was that, 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 that frustration. frustration. He was yeah. like, man, I don't even care no more. Right. Yeah. You know, going, going Andre Johnson with uh, Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, well, it, it really was, and that's the other thing too. Like I was thinking, what other than AJ Green's play have we ever talked about? That's like it. we only talk about yeah. like no emotional outbursts, no diva activities, right. no off the field stuff. Completely like, out of character. Completely right. out of character. Tell it's kind of like when you go into the game, like I already got an issue. And if somebody come, we got the prize. Right. Today ain't the day, and I ain't going. <laughs> right, right. That's pretty exactly. Much what All right, New Orleans. Exactly. Yeah, let me holler at you for a second. I tip my cap to the Saints. Say again, touchdown, capping off New Orleans' sixth straight win after an 0 2 start. Only three teams had ever pulled that off. Uh, Drew Brees, the Saints have run 450 yards in four straight games. This little baby that Ted again gave the ball to wanted to run away. Like, right, he right. wasn't ready. That poor <laughs> he thing wasn't he ready. was just scared, though. That's too much. That baby that that traumatized now. <laughs> I hate football, Daddy. <laughs> so, RC, uh, the Saints, we talked about the Rams earlier. Are the Saints as scary as, I don't know, say the Eagles? Uh, probably not the Eagles okay. right now, but the Saints are extremely scary. Uh, Lou Riddick was mad at me for like the first two weeks because during the preseason, because I live in Louisiana, so I actually watched the games. I was like, hey, man, the Saints are going to be all right. I was like, the defense looks good. Yeah. You know, they're flying around. They're doing this. And then you come out against Minnesota, and it looks the way it does. Right, and then Lou's, New England. Right, and then Lou's, Lou's like, right, yeah. you stupid. Don't watch good, no more good teams, though. Right, those you know what I mean? And then and now, though, we've seen this defense picked up. Kamara has taken over in the backfield in both the passing game and the run game. Like, this team is scary. And they having fun too. Yeah. Very reminiscent of when they won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, we don't have, we're not great on defense. We don't just shut you down, but we turn the ball over. We score points. I think it's good enough. And in all phases of the game, I think that uh, that block punt touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, was their fourth non-offensive touchdown mm-hmm. of the season so far. So you mentioned the Super Bowl. You're reminiscent of 2009 when you're talking about all three phases yes. contributing, getting turnovers. But it's you and my brother there. You and my brother, the only people that started defense being worth a damn in the preseason. I was fired up, man. You know, I mean, but they can run it. And when you're talking about, just to compare them to the Eagles, if we will, because we're talking about six straight, so they're as hot as anybody. If we're talking about, like, a, the word trust is a trigger word that we right. like to use. Right. Carson Wentz, as great as he looks, I mean, Drew Brees has been there, done that. So exactly. if you give him a running game, they haven't missed a beat without Brandon Cooks and a defense on which to rely. They can make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, no, they definitely could. Um, but let's get on to some broadcaster on broadcaster crime uh, during the Chiefs Cowboys <laughs> broadcast. Tony Romo, he threw yes. shade at Chiefs cornerback Marcus Peters, saying he, quote, makes Deion Sanders look good at tackling sometimes, which prompted primetime to clap back. Tony, what's going on, man? I got a gold jacket that I didn't buy. <laughs> Dak says hi. <laughs> <laughs> And bye. Tony, leave me alone, man. I got a lot of ammunition, man. How many interceptions? How many interceptions? 19 and 2012? Come on, man. You threw to everybody but me. Tony, come on, man. You know you never won the big one. You know you never won the big one. So stop, man. Leave me alone. I tried to take the high road, but I don't know the address. <laughs> All right. All right. So, Jamal, Jamal, advise Tony Romo. Should he clap back or fall back? No, nah, fall back. <laughs> you want no parts of that. We know that Deion Sanders, one of the best t- trash talkers in NFL history. No he had a few receipts. I mean, certainly, look, Deion, 
the, the not t- tackling thing is not new. It's kind of like a common right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, what, what was it in Jeff Perl- Perlman's book, uh, Boys Will Be Boys, about the Cowboys? One cowboy said that when they asked Deion why he didn't make a, a particular tackle, he said, I made a business decision. <laughs> right, that's right? where that started, that's, what, yeah. that's, what that's where it comes from, from yeah. That. So it was accurate. Tony took an unnecessary shot. It was funny. Exactly. I laughed, but that's what you're going to get back. Well, first of all. And he had that saved in drafts. Like, oh, the all, next time he, he ever say something about me, here it comes. What's the better comeback, though? How he came at Tony or his hairline? Because I don't, I don't know if y'all can see this thing, this joint in the back. But Dion was bald, man. This dude got the whole deal, though. Like, he didn't just go with the low. He arches eyebrows. He didn't just go with the low boy, though, that lets you get the line. He got a, he got a whole low hey, Caesar. Carlos Bulls are like, man. He got man. a whole low Caesar, as, man. As women know, what? if it's your They got a yellow jacket that I didn't pay for. But then look at him. He said, I didn't buy. He said, oh, and Dak say hi. And buy. Bye. No energy. No energy. The effort was pretty bad and um, you know yeah, you turn a corner but you can't fix it in one game uh, this is uh, something that's been going on for a while so you know we just got to try to figure it out but you know tonight we were fell into that again we all know this is no secret in this locker room but our first unit we got to start off better we got to you know I, I, I want one time for the first unit to, to get on the second unit because we blew a lead. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day to happen. You definitely got to start off better, man. You know, it's, you know, I know it's a long season and you got time to correct it, but um, you don't want to be losing these games right here. I saw what Dwayne said, and he's exactly right. You know, it would be, it'd be nice if we were able to get on the second unit one time for you know, giving something up, but that hasn't been the case. All right, the Cavs continued to struggle on Sunday as they dropped a 1-4 and four in the season as double-digit home favorites. Fun fact, the rest of the NBA is 14-3 and three in those games. The loss dropped them to 4-6 and six on the year, their worst record through 10 games with LeBron James on the roster since his rookie season in 03-04. Another fun fact, no team has reached the finals after a start that bad since the 81 Rockets. The Cavs continued, though, to be allergic to defense. They've allowed almost 112 points per possessions giving them the worst defensive efficiency in the NBA. And with that, we bring in Cavs insider Dave McMiniman. Whole host of issues. Dave, what, though, is the Cavs' biggest issue right now? Jamel, it's hard to pick one, but let's begin with the start of games. They are one of the worst teams defensively in the first quarter of basketball games, giving up an average of 31.1 points per game. That really falls on the starters because the starters play most of the first quarter. The Cavs starting unit are 26th in the league in plus minus at giving up an average of about six points more than their opponents. And then you throw in the three-point shooting. Last year, the Cavs were second in uh, three-point efficiency and also three-point makes per game. And a lot of that was because of Kyrie Irving. This year, 25th in three-point percentage and 16th in three-pointers made. Really, the only statistical category the Cavs are really leading the league in right now is being the team with LeBron James on their roster. (laughs) Outside of that, they are towards the middle or the worst in in all the things that you look to for a successful basketball team. All right, real quick before we let you go, Dave. So Isaiah Thomas, he basically did a Roy Jones tweet uh, saying, y'all must have forgot. Uh, You mentioned Kyrie (laughs) Irving. IT doesn't figure to help them on defense, but... He could certainly help them on the offensive end, which bailed them out to your point last year. What's the latest on uh, on IT? Any encouraging news on his rehab? 
Well, Michael, if you looked at the Cavs' timeline, you would say there's still seven more weeks before you expected to see him on the court, perhaps around Christmas, against the Golden State Warriors. I watched IT workout uh, Sunday before the Hawks game. Full lather, a good 30 to 40 minutes, sprinting up and down the court, dribbling drills, three-pointers all over uh, the three-point arc. And it, it, that guy, there's no way that's going to take seven more weeks, barring any wow. setback, to get into an NBA basketball game. Now, Good I've stuff. talked to Cavs coach Teron Liu and Kobe Altman and also Isaiah Thomas's agent. None of them want to accelerate the timeline and put any pressure on IT. But based on what I've seen, I would expect him to be in the lineup uh, certainly sooner than the late December, early January timeline that the Cavs have put out there. All right, Dave McMenamin, we appreciate it. That's good news uh, for Cavs fans, among a lot of bad news these days. All right, let's go Harden to paint. James Harden, Harden in the paint. Shout out to Sam. Uh, <laughs> went for a career high 56 with 13 assists. Last guy to score that many on his, that few shots, I think he had 25 shots, was Michael Jordan. And people kind of like forgot about James Harden in early MVP conversations preseason. He's only been run up two out of the last three years. But no Chris Paul has given him an opportunity to really put up some career numbers. Yeah, I would be curious as to how he adjusts or what adjustments he has to make once Chris Paul does come back. But I think that was the best part about that stat line is the efficiency in which he did it. It was really uh, spectacular. Western Conference Player of the Week for the second time already this season. As for the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, we, um, you clowned him a couple what? weeks ago when they picked Chris Stapps. I remember that. What? Yeah, why I'm bringing up all, I got receipts. What did I clown? You clown the Knicks because that's what you do. Me yeah, because they just out there putting up 40, averaging 30 a game, 50% from the field. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's very comfortable being the number one option. He he's been great being the number one you don't option. Remember that, huh? You remember those? You remember I that? I found the Knicks because they deserved it. Yeah, all right. I told you, but Chris Stapps has had a great season. Um, be you. interesting to see if he lines up in uh, MVP conversation. All right. I'm a big one of games, although they've been better with Jared Jack. Like most of us, Mello was confused as to why he got ejected following the review of an and one layup that he converted over Yusuf Nurkic. After the game, Mello said, "I don't have anything to say about that play." Putty Westbrook had plenty to say. Just a bunch of bull****. I just think they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't referee the same way all the time. They pick and choose when they want to do it, uh, which is not fair in my opinion. Uh, you know, I've been in this league for a while, and I'm able to see it and, and understand and see what's what's right and what's wrong. But I can see it's blatant. It's not getting looked at in my opinion. Like, if you get hit, you need to look at it. You got to look at everything else. You need to take a look at it. So Westbrook took one in the face a few plays before that. Right. They called that an unnatural act by Melo. I mean, it's... I, I, I just didn't understand where this call came from. I think... Melo did get hit on that possession, I believe, but I don't think he went in the air. No, I, it, trying to hurt somebody, and, and for them to rule it that and to eject him, that just seemed... They were two? That just seemed extremely dramatic. To start the DCM countdown with the Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll said they will not bring in another kicker this week after Blair Walsh missed all three of his field goal attempts. And the team's 17-14 loss to Washington. As for the Seahawks, he had only missed one field goal prior. It's easy to blame the kicker. They had 16 penalties. Yeah. They really got cooked on that last drive. That all-world defense got cooked. Shout-out to Washington going up there shorthanded with Kirk Cousins and Josh Doxson. It's a connection they could love for a long time. Uh, what's your boy, uh, Roberto Aguayo, doing these days? <laughs> Available. <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, he out eating chilling. Just wondering, you know. Wait, I know you ain't got jokes. Wait, hold on, hold on. Because your squad, your 49ers, hey, go on. and trade a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh-huh. Only to come to find out, according to Schefter, he may not even be their guy. They, they got options. They're keeping their options open. That's how y'all roll? If I was him, I'd be like, you know what? Either franchise me or I'm out of here. I won't be a part of this. But as ridiculous as that may sound, my favorite 
49er related story with Jay Glazer reporting that they asked for Tom Brady. Why is that ridiculous? Shoot your shot. That's just beyond shoot, shoot your shot. shot. You got to be realistic. One day old boy asked you for your number and bam. <laughs> no, that's not the same, Mike. I offer my wife right, my email you, address and I got three kids after that. You give us uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? How about Tom Brady? Like, really? What's the worst they can say is no. What's the no, worst they can is, say? Look, I admire the boldness. I admire the boldness. You never know if somebody's going to say yes, but even they had to know that was ridiculous. All right, who's coming in third? Oh, Leonard Fournette yeah. didn't come in on time. How you going to be in a Tom Coughlin organization not be on time, bro? Do Does he research. not understand? What was it? Tom Coughlin, wasn't he one of five minutes? Five minutes. You're late if you're five minutes. If you're on time, you got to be five minutes early on time. He didn't take the team picture. And you know what they did? One without him. So, Doug Marone's in Bolden. They run for more yards in the two games they missed him without him. So, he probably learned his lesson. Cam, Duncan for touchdowns. What happened to him running less? I yeah. know. It's all good when he winning. Still, Cam's metaphor game needs <laughs> a little help. Needs a little improvement. This is what he's talking about playing after trading Kelvin Benjamin. This is what we got to do. These are our expectations. Nobody's even, you know, give us an, given us an, an opportunity. You know, yeah, we just lost a great player, but nevertheless, you know, the the the, the Titanic still has to go. So he was either saying the show must go on, that ship has sailed, or my heart will go on. Or something. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand. Does he not know how the story ended? Does he, you know that kind of reminded. You know how the story's going for the Falcons. It seems. I tried to. Yeah. Hold, I tried to believe in that team. It, it can't believe Julio No, I said that reminded me of when uh, the the NWA uh, movie was out, and I tweeted about Eze, <laughs> and they were like, "Spoiler alert!" I was like, "It's not a spoiler. They just these young people. They don't know." Go on. Uh, James Winston. He missed the second half of Sunday's game against the Saints with a shoulder injury. But before the game. He tried firing up his team in the most odd and strange way possible. I want everybody to look at me. I'm going to pass it to Corn after I say one thing. Let's go. Let's go. That's a W. That's E1. That's E1. That's, no, that's a nasty as what that How many people want to hear that? That's actually that's lit. I'm doing it. I want to know what he like at Thanksgiving. That's the opposite of it. Beans, green, potatoes. <laughs> ham, ham, walk, walk. <laughs> you just eat a W? Is that what we're doing now? You wash your hand before you do. <laughs> you got to win, dog. You can't get shut down for two weeks. You got to win. Uh, before we call it a day, let me tell you who's having a good day. Gordon Hayward's feeling better these days. Danny Ainge tweeted a picture of him back on the court, still working on that jumper. Meanwhile, his Celtics, who many people wrote off after Hayward went down in the opener, they're going for their ninth straight win tonight against the Hawks in Atlanta. All due respect to Killer Mike and the Hawks, I'm guessing they're going to get that win. They've allowed 94 points or fewer in every game of their current winning streak. The 8-2 Celtics have the league's best record of not one nine straight since 2010. Well, Shout out to Kyrie Kyrie and the Bulls. might have been right. Yeah, right. Also, more importantly, <laughs> today is natural, na- National Nacho Day, Mike. I thought every day was Nacho Day. Well, I'm sure you did. So, chicken, beef, what, what's your? Full pork. Full pork. Ooh. That's it for the six. Enjoy Sports Center is next. Stay tuned to listen to Nick Saban talk about Alabama's defensive injuries. We'll see you all tomorrow on E1.